Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap and round four preview of the Zozo Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Kyle Porter, who I just explained what a starter is. No, I don't think they call him a starter in Major League Baseball players. They call him a, <laughs> an opener when you use your closer as in the first inning. I played baseball through college and you just explained what a starting pitcher is. That's, that is, that is not what actually happened. Uh, I am new to the concept of starting a closer, which is the way you explained it. It's brilliant. Um, it's very, it's very strokes gainsy. It, it very much is. Uh, not a lot of teams are, are willing to commit to this, but cause it makes you look foolish. If you bring in your closer in the first inning and he gives up two runs. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it looks really bad if 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 that happens. But uh, I think it's pretty smart. I don't I know. I, I think there's an interesting thing. To, like, you know how people are always like, well, this guy's a reliever for a reason. Like, he couldn't be – he's not good enough to be a starter. And you're like, ah, I don't know. Like, the closers that I faced were sick. Like, they, yeah. like, they were unbelievable. So – uh, I don't know if I really buy that concept. I, I'm I'm a fan of the uh, the opener, whatever, yeah, I, whatever this new concept that I'm learning. Yeah, we got to figure out what the official name of it is, but it's a really cool. Also, golf. Uh, the Zozo <laughs> Championship is going on in Sherwood uh, over there in Thousand Oaks, California. And Kyle, we have a final group uh, of heavyweight proportions in one corner, Justin Thomas. In another corner, John Rahm. And in a third corner, Lonto Griffin, which, you know, it's all right. It's a pretty good final group. Yeah, good old, good old Lonto is going to get a show tomorrow. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up. It would be cool if he did. But, uh, I mean, when you talk, you know, we always joke about me saying that JT is going to win 25 times in the 20s. But if you pull uh, golf Twitter, people that cover golf, what, whoever, are you going to get an answer outside of these two guys for who wins the most tournaments in the – 2020s like in the next decade uh like who, who, no. who's who's another reasonable answer bryson i guess morikawa but no i mean i think it's very clearly it's very clearly these two maybe bryson yeah. but, but these two are like very much in their prime prolific winners right now yeah and you know rom i kind of i act, i kind of stumbled into mentioning him on friday because i was going to give you a I was going to give you Bubba and I was just kind of reading down the list. And I was like, Oh, Rom looks in shit. And then he goes out. I thought he was going to shoot a 60 and he, he shoots 63. Uh, look like this isn't that difficult to, to kind of look at. He, he didn't putt well the first two rounds and he's a good putter. You know, he's not an elite putter, but he's a good putter and it popped in round three and he shoots 63. And that's just sort of how it goes. I think the thing, if I'm JT and Rom, and, and I don't know if this will benefit them. Rom talked about this after his round. 
you kind of got to go get it tomorrow because there's going to be guys shooting. I mean, yeah. just it, uh, just every number that you know, 62, 63, 64. You you kind of you you can't shoot a seventy and win. I don't think so. I, you know, Rom said that kind of simplifies things for him. Um, and so that that'll be fun. I think that's when both guys are at their best, probably. Yeah, Rom 63 was the round of the day with Russell Henley. They both shot 63. He's going to sh- start one shot back of Justin Thomas, but he was basically your biggest mover of the day, or at least anybody in the top you know, 10 of uh, the leaderboard as it stands after three rounds. Uh, but the man they're chasing is, is Justin Thomas, who is going to have his 14th 54-hole lead since 2015. So this is from Justin Ray. The most 54-hole leads on the PGA Tour in that time frame. DJ has 15 of them. Uh, Sunday will be JT's 14th. Spieth at 13, which is kind of crazy because you know all of those 54-hole leads came in like two years. And then Jason Day. And then here's here's the real kicker, I think, uh, for Justin Thomas, Kyle, is – Eight of 13 in converting these 54-hole leads. We talked about it on Friday night. He He's a closer. Like, he's an assassin. Yeah, he's a big-time closer. And, it, you know, we I, I think we sort of overdo the, oh, it's, you know, Paul, Paul Asinger does the, oh, it's what's, it's what's on the inside. You know, <laughs> okay, well, give me his Tita Green stuff. Like, I don't, you know, but I do, I do think some of that does matter. Um Cause you, you get guys and we talked about this with uh, we talked about this with Xander, I guess, where they get around the lead and it's like they're, it, it's like they, you know, it's like touching a, a stove and you like back off of it. Like, yeah. and I don't, that's not necessarily a criticism of Xander cause he's a really good player, but JT isn't, is not, that's not true of him. Like he wants the lead and then he wants to lead by three and then he wants to lead by five and he's, he's not uncomfortable leading. Um, Leading is an uncomfortable thing, and, and he's not uncomfortable doing it. You know, he's kind of been – I was looking at some of his numbers and, and just watching. He has these lulls a little bit in the middle of his rounds. Uh, he didn't hit it that well over the last two days. He got saved by his putter a little bit. I think he's going to have to be better from tee to green, especially off the tee on Sunday to beat Rom because he, he, he just hasn't been super sharp. And, you know, he's hitting balls off the cart path. Uh, he hits a tree on 16. He's kind of all over the place. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to do that three days in a row. Alonzo Griffin, uh, who will start two shots back of Justin Thomas, and he will play in the final group with the two big boys, has really yet to blink. I mean, it's looks like he was uh, – producer Jacob had, had a great line before we, went, we, before we went live. He said he's just holding it together with duct tape. You know, he bogeyed 18 two consecutive days in a row. But um, what I thought was the coolest thing in, in Lonto's round was, was the par 315. This is the yep. hole that uh, – I mean, it's really the only hole that has any teeth. We've saw more balls, I think, in the penalty area on 15 on Saturday than, than we have all week. And instead of going up to the drop zone and, and hitting it from 85 yards, he went back all the way to 120 KP, which mm-hmm. to me, after you just dump one in the drink, uh, you got to have a lot of confidence to not just take it from the drop zone and go get a number that you think you're comfortable with because kind of in the same way where it backfires if your opener gives up two runs, it backfires if you go back to 120 yards and you like hit another bad one. Like it, that's a real high risk situation for me. Yeah, so you're right about, I, I, I'm glad you brought up 15 because I, I think it is, it was his most, in, the, the most interesting part of his round 
the core, I mean, I saw a ball bounce on JT hit a ball into 18 that bounced. And I was like, Oh, did that, was that green? Like harder than just like, <laughs> just like receiving, like, it, you know, ball, balls haven't been bouncing, I guess is my point. Yeah. And uh, it's just super, it's so soft. So it's, it's fun to see a hole that's a little bit difficult. I, I, I do wonder this and give me your take on this sometimes like, and again, I'm, I suck at golf and Wanto Griffin's really good, but sometimes after I hit a shot like that, I want another like full swing. Like I don't mm-hmm. want a half foot and I, and I get the numbers and I, I understand all that. Like you're, you're going to be better from eight or 70 than you are 80 than you are 90 or whatever. But sometimes I just, I don't want a half swing. I just, I need another full swing to, to be able to put club on it. Is that, I mean, is that a re- is that a reason? Is that a real thing? Uh, I think it is. I, I mean, I understand it in my game that I don't want to try to hit like a 75% shot or anything like that. I'd rather just hit a full swing. I also think, but I, I, this, this to me is much more mental where it's like, Oh my God, I just, I just hit a bad one. I want to just get out of here as quickly as possible. And he took his time. He went back to 120. He's not using the built-in cover. You know, the built-in cover that you get when you go to the drop zone and then, and bones says, Oh, this is a really awkward number. It's in between clubs for him. Like that's built-in cover that if he doesn't hit a good one, he can kind of just say, "Ah, that's a weird spot for me. Like he took all of that out, took his time, went back to 120 and hit, hit, he didn't hit a great shot, but he rolled it in and got out of there with a bogey. Yeah, the four was huge. And then, you know, the other the other interesting thing for him is that so they had, I think, 174 into 17. And JT hits a, a nine iron, which to me seemed like not very much club. And then Griffin hits a wedge into 17. And so I wonder I wonder if the like his that seemed like a weird club for that distance for somebody like him. I wonder if that played into it at all either. It, regardless. Uh, the four on 15 was, was massive. And I don't know what, what's the, what's the path for him? Like what's the scenario in which he wins this tournament? Oh man. Um, I mean, he's, he's generally a very good iron player and he has been at least over the course of the last couple of weeks. That's, I mean, he had a great finish last week by being a top player in strokes gained approach, but then he also gains like six strokes putting on the week. And that's how that's the formula for him to uh, finish in a top five. I, I think it's kind of something similar. He's going to have to be really good with his irons. He's going to have to avoid, there was a couple situations coming in on Saturday where, um, you know, he, he missed the fairway and, and he was kind of blocked out by a couple of trees like that. That can't happen. He's going to have to be perfect. He's going to have to roll in a lot of putts because as you mentioned earlier, there's a bunch of birdies out there. He's already two shots behind guys who are like prolific, you know, JT's a prolific closer. I think it's a very, very narrow path for him to actually find victory. Yeah. I think it, it just feels like, so it feels like one of three things is going to happen. JT is going to shoot a 65 and win. <laughs> Rom's going to shoot. Rom's, yeah, yeah, here we go again. <laughs> Rom's going to shoot a 65 and win. Or somebody behind all three of those guys is going to shoot a 61 and win. Right. Like that, that to me is like a, and we can talk about this in a second, like a Scotty Scheffler who hadn't putted at all and is hitting the hell out of it. Russell Henley hadn't putted at all, is, is hitting the crap out of it. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody a little further back shoots. I just don't, is Lonto Griffin going to shoot a 62 in front of JT and Rom and win the golf tournament? I don't know. That seems pretty improbable. Uh, would you be surprised if I told you that I for certain knew this Lonto Griffin thing was coming this week? 
Uh, I would have been, yeah, I would have been shocked. So we have this fun little flow chart that we play with, uh, for, for like, oh, I saw purposes. this. Yeah. I saw this. Yeah. So when he's under 7,000, he's phenomenal. When he's over 7,000, he's terrible. And actually Adi Joseph from CBS sports said, what happens if they price him $7,000 exactly? And I said, Oh, that'll never happen. It'll be a glitch in the matrix. Don't worry about it. He was exactly $7,000 this week. So (laughs) (laughs) the glitch, the glitch has occurred. I knew this was coming for sure. For sure. Now he's going to go out and win the thing. Is that what, what, I wonder what, uh, what date his Houston win last year was. Was it around, it was around this time. It has to be coming up. Yeah. So um, let's, let's talk about who can actually try to run this thing down. Now you mentioned, I think I, I love your scenarios, right? One of the big boys just shoots a 65 and wins it, or someone comes from very far back. I also think you mentioned the guy who, it's Scotty Scheffler, who I think is the most likely to be one of those guys that comes out and steals this thing, right? I mean, he's losing nearly two and a half strokes putting over the course of uh, the th- the first three rounds, and he leads the field in strokes gained tee to green. Yeah, he's been really good. I think the other guy for me is Cantlay. We've seen him do that at Shriners before where he went out. I think it was – I think he did it at Shriners where he shot like 62 in the final round to, to win. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm right. thinking of uh, – uh, maybe I'm thinking of Smiley. Didn't Smiley shoot like a 61 year to win Shriners? Wow. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go check that. <laughs> do, you, do you remember who Smiley Kaufman is? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I remember, uh, what was it? SB2K, was it 16 when the boys were all doing the spring break stuff? Honestly, like one of the great trivia questions of all time is going to be who did Spieth play with in the final round of the 2016 Masters when he made an eight on 12? Yeah. That would be or se- seven, whatever he made. That it's Smiley, oh, yeah. Smiley Kaufman who shot 81. That's unbelievable. It um, is unbelievable. Anyway, uh, can't lay or Scheffler for me. Can't lay is 12 to one. Scheffler is 33 to one. Oh, get, give me Scheffler at 33. That's mama. He shot 59 like two months ago. Yeah. And, and like, this is outside of like the two weeks that he just returned from, from uh, testing positive for COVID. He's been absolutely lights out for like those last two months. Yeah. He's been really, really good. If you go, if you, any page you look at on data golf is going to have Scotty Shuffler's name near the top of it. And, you know, I was looking at his putting. He's not a, he's not a great putter, but he's, he's not a negative putter. He's a, he's a positive, he's a positive stroke scan guy uh, with his putter. And he hasn't been anywhere near that this week. So I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that it could pop up on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's either, I like that, JT Rom or the guy coming from behind is probably Scotty Scheffler. The good news is, whatever happens, we'll be here to talk about it, break it all down. Uh, if you'd like to file, follow Kyle Porter on Twitter, which I recommend, you can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. Yes, Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. 
A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.